What do people from all over the world do to get out of their own damn way? Tune in on June 2nd to find out. Hi, it's Creelan, host of the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way podcast. To celebrate the one-year anniversary of my podcast, I'll be hosting a special 50th episode where I'll share what I've learned over the last year by interviewing guests from around the world. Tune into this special anniversary episode on June 2nd at creelan.com slash podcast. That's K-R-Y-L-Y-N dot com slash podcast. Or find us on iTunes. Welcome to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way podcast, hosted by Creelan Peters, the fear whisperer of Creelan.com. Listen in as Creelan interviews powerful people who have tamed their fears, embraced their greatness, and gotten out of their own damn way. And now, Creelan Peters. Welcome to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way podcast. I'm your host, Creelan Peters, the fear whisperer. Today I'm going to welcome Stephanie Gostin to the show, and I'm so excited to have her on. We were just chatting pre-show about our Midwestern roots, so I always love um, having something in common with people. But I, I, I'm going to stop talking and get her on here, but before I do, I want to tell you a little bit more about her. Stephanie is the founder and life coach of Cultivated Sense, a movement that promotes ordinary ways to live extraordinarily and encourages people to stop settling in life and love. She's also a coach and matchmaker with the Paul C. Brunson Agency, an award-winning boutique matchmaking and lifestyle coaching firm. Stephanie has been featured on blogs such as the Huffington Post for Harriet the Black Life Coaches Network, and The Art of Perspective. She's also a best-selling author featured in 20 Beautiful Women, Volume 3. Stephanie is also the forthcoming author of I Am Beautiful and the 42%. So welcome, Stephanie, to the podcast. Thank you so much, Creelan. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, and I'm I, like I said, I'm so excited because I, I just my Midwestern people, we just tend to have a <laughs> lot in common already, and I have to say, I think that you are the first person in the states that I've interviewed in a really long time because I've been getting more of an international reach, not only with the audience but with my guests. So, but I'm I'm happy to be back. Back in the states and uh, rocking, rocking the Midwest, slaves. So um, anyway, I just want to give you an opportunity to to share more about who you are and your story and how you've learned to get out of your own damn way. Sure. Well, thank thank you again for the great introduction and for having me today. It's always great to talk to a fellow Midwesterner, so I'm very excited. Um, as you mentioned, um, I am from the Midwest. I grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and went to school in St. Louis and then moved out to D.C., where things are very different, um, and now I'm actually moving to Portland, Oregon. So I'm I'm going across country. Um, <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> it's a bit of a transition, but um, basically in the phases of my life, I've learned how to deal with transition and getting out of my own damn way because um I'm I'm really good at self sabotaging. Mm. I'm also really good at pity parties. Oh, awesome. <laughs> I'm, I'm like a pity party pro. You should be a planner. Um, yeah, make a business out of it. You should be a planner, right? <laughs> yeah. Um and I guess the number one thing that I've um tried to focus on in getting out of my own damn way is just focusing um on the facts 
rather than my feelings. Mm. So I'm not talking about, you know, your intuition or your gut. I'm talking about your mood. When I stop living my life according to my moods, which change by the day depending on what I eat or how I feel or how much sleep I get, um, things really change for me. So I was getting in my own way of feeling sad or feeling motivated or feeling this or that, and I would plan my day accordingly. Feeling very motivated, I feel like going to the gym, I would go. Uh (laughs) I feel like sitting at home and watching TV all day, I would do that. And um, focusing on what are the facts of the situation, what is the reality, what is my why, what is my long-term goal, what am I trying to accomplish um, was really helpful for me in getting out of my own way in that in that aspect. And I love that you brought that up because I cannot tell you how many conversations I've had in the last however long about this very thing about focusing on the why and and really digging in because that kind of gets us through those periods of time when we don't want to get our butt to the gym or we don't want to get off right. the couch and. And it could that I just see I totally understand where you're coming from, both personally and professionally, yeah, it's almost my my one of my coaches described it to me like this: it's like that neon green like flashing light sign that you wake up to, and you're just like, "Oh, I can do anything. <laughs> it's like that huge thing, and it it makes you get out of bed and when you realize that you're doing this for something else or someone else or for for your why. It's very motivating. You don't have to um, rely on the swings, right, the mood swings. So I'm, right. that's helped me through every single transition, whether it's, it was moving or relationship or moving into different phases with my business. That has been probably the biggest lesson I've learned so far. That is great. And I love that you lump love and life in there because my audience knows I often um, – talk about the lessons learned in both business, being an entrepreneur and in in my love life, and it's, you know, Mm -hmm. it's so similar (laughs) how things cross over um, into those two areas so so seamlessly. (laughs) It definitely does, and it's so funny. I think people show up in their business, you know, in their career the same way they show up in their love life sometimes, which can be good or bad. (laughs) I know, like, don't say that. Please don't say that. <laughs> yes, and I, you know, it's it's so intertwined. I had a client once who we we did a VIP day, so we spent six hours together on a Saturday, mm-hmm. mapping out her dreams, what she wanted to do, going into her values, her why. We did all that stuff, and I could tell something was still kind of bothering her. And at the end, I mean, like hour five and a half, mm-hmm. she's like, "Yeah, also my marriage is." going through a rough patch oh, right now. Yeah. I don't even know if I can do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait, wait, wait. We should have started with that. <laughs> we should have started with that, right? And yeah. so um, it, it's very intertwined. And um, I just I, I encourage um, the people that come through the agency and then also through my door to, you know, take a holistic um, approach because that's definitely a factor in, you know, how you feel and, and um, how, how you're showing up. It's so important. I think people kind of neglect that because they think, well, I got to put this first. I got to take care of this when some of the underlying stuff isn't taken care of. Um, and I think we tend to avoid our feelings, don't we? I mean, we our yeah. society is not like, ooh, I have a feeling. Let's talk about it. Let's bring it out <laughs> in the open. Let's, you know, put it on yeah. blast. It's, you know, yeah. a lot of, of our culture is really designed to 
um, to be more left-brained and action-oriented, which is really great when you're in business um, and can be good in your love life. Um, I don't know. Well, we could go with that <laughs> the whole, like, oh, my gosh. I, we could share tons of stories about that. But um, but it, it's it's really difficult when the message is to continually avoid your feelings. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I, I think, too, um, a lot of entrepreneurs, some of my clients are starting their own businesses. Some of them are just looking for, like I said, cultivated sense is all about becoming or extraordinary by ordinary means. So they're looking for something more. They're kind of stuck. They're on autopilot. They're, like, kind of coasting through life and encouraging them to tap into you know, those dreams and those feelings and what, they, like, go a little deeper because it's so easy to live on the surface. You know, you're yeah. kind of floating by day to day, doing for others or your family or your business. Um, so part of the work that I do is encouraging people to get, go deep. Let's, let's go back to, you know, the you 10 years ago when you were like, I can do anything. And, you know, or, or you five years ago when you were like, you know, this is really tough, but I love it. And so we lose that, and I, I encourage people to tap back into that. We do it's lose that. How, how do you think, like, I know we're kind of talking um, about the work that you do and also your personal journey, so you can answer either way. But what do you think really gets in the way of, like, chipping away at that neon sign and our ability to see it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think for me it it personally was, the fear of, I I was worried about what others thought. Mm -hmm. So I went to law school and, and and law school is all about appearances. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like the legal field, like the the field I was thrust into was just, it's about how you look, your appearance, your LinkedIn profile, who you network with. Um, And moving out to DC really solidified that because the first question people ask, they say, well, uh, where are you from? What do you do? That's like their first, what do you do? What do you do? Mm-hmm. And it's not like what do you do like, oh, I want to know what you're interested in. It's what can you do for me and what can I do for you? It's yeah. about, you know, the connections and the business cards. And, you know, it's just it's very pretentious. And I found myself caught up in that. Throughout law school, I found people that were more like me. So it was mm-hmm. easy, a little bit easier. But moving out to D.C., working for the government, I was going to all these events. And it's about, you know, showing up at happy hour, going to the bar association events, mm-hmm. going, you know, to the brunch on Sunday. Um, and it's about appearances. And these people are hurting, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Lawyers, I think lawyers have a really high suicide rate. Um, and there's some other professions that have pretty high depression and suicide rates. Yeah. And I can see why, because you're incur- you're supposed to mask how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. You go to a job that you hate. And hopefully make enough money to pay your bills, and you just repeat this cycle. And I was getting caught up in that, and literally I had a a moment where I was having a fight with my then-boyfriend. He he just, he said, Stephanie, you need to get a life. And I was pissed. I was like, (laughs) I can't believe you would say that. Ah, and I was like oh. upset, but then I said, I you know I really don't have a life. I I do what my friends think is cool. I um, I was all up under him. My friends were his friends. My goals were his goals. Mm-hmm. And that day, I, I literally sat down and I just said, you know, what are the things I like to do? Who are the people that I actually like? What is our friendship based on? 
a lot of my friendships were based on gossiping or, you know, talking about someone else's LinkedIn profile that wasn't, you know, that wasn't right. filled out correctly. Right. Um, and I just resolved to do more of the things that I loved and less of the things that I didn't. And so I had to tap into, like, what it, who is Stephanie? What does she like? Mm-hmm. What What is she all about? Mm-hmm. And that that was the first step um, to, to to not being on autopilot and just you know coming home. I would I would go to work nine to five, come home like watch reality TV and then maybe go to happy hour. It was like so I was such a zombie. Like I was uh-huh. just like on autopilot. So I had to yeah, I, I think it, <laughs> yeah, it is. I know, and I can relate to that because I've had boyfriend ex boyfriends tell me the same thing. Like you don't know how to relax. I'm like, what do you mean? Yeah. Like, you know, Saturday is not for working. I'm like, what? What are you right. talking about? Right. I've always worked Saturdays. So um, I totally mm-hmm. understand that. And there's, when you're talking, there's also, it sounds like there can be this loss of identity. And it's something that I know I've personally experienced. And I know so many women who have experienced kind of the loss of their own identity when they're in a relationship. And that, I mean, that affects everything, like you said, with your VIP client, too. It's, you know, we can't, as hard as we try to compartmentalize um, our romantic lives, um, our, you know, other aspects of our life bleed into the work that we do. Definitely. Definitely. And I, I, I 100% agree with you with the loss of identity. We forget that that's something we need to cultivate, right? Like we, yeah. We're like, oh, well, I don't have to take care of this. And it's almost, I don't want to make it seem too simplistic, but I, I think that every time you interact with people or you make agreements with them or you make promises or you're supposed to show up for work, you're making these transactions with people. And a lot mm-hmm. of times we're always giving, 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 mm-hmm. and we're not getting back and we're not right. taking care of ourselves. So it's like, well, my job needs me to do this. My family needs me to do this. My bo- boyfriend, husband needs me to do this. We're always giving in these transactions, and then we're not repleting the things that we're giving. And then we're losing ourselves behind that. So it's really, really important to hold yeah. on, not only just to hold on, but just continue moving forward in our identity. It takes work. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of work. It, it does. And, and it's, it's um, in addition to giving, giving, giving of ourselves, we're not necessarily giving to ourselves. Um, and that can be a real issue as well where, you know, I, I talk about kind of putting ourselves back on our priority list because if, right. you know, it's the old oxygen mask uh, theory of, you know, if, if you yeah. are not, what is it? If you don't put your mask on first, you're not going to be able to help other people. And and it's true, but I think we, we take it for granted a lot that we think, oh, we're going to be fine or we're not even thinking about it because we are on that autopilot that you talked about. So we tend to give until our stores are depleted and we are laying on the couch watching reality TV all the day. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. And, you know, I think one step further from that is in some areas of the country, some industries, being that, like, depleted superwoman is encouraged. Yes. And that's really dangerous. At my mm-hmm. old office, it was like a badge of honor. If you're tired and busy and working, you know, 80, you know, 80 hours a week, like, kudos to you. You get promoted. You get more work. You uh-huh. get more money. Yeah. That's often encouraged. So people are like, even if they're not doing it, they want to look like they're busy. <laughs> they want to, you know, and I heard some things that, like, really broke my heart where they're like, oh, yeah, um, I didn't get to tuck my kids in last night. Or they say, oh, yeah, I'm working on this case. 
I'm talking to this guy more than I talk to my husband. I'm like, this is not okay. Yeah, like, yeah. That's not a good thing. Why are you bragging about that? That's actually really sad. Yeah, that's really it terrible. It, you know, yeah. and I come from a public mental health background, and it's it's a very similar where you know it's just you're kind constantly on the edge of burnout, and you know loving the work that I, I love the work that I did, but. Um, but it's tough. It's very emotionally draining. And, and the same thing. I know when, you know, I have friends who um, who do that same thing that you're talking about. Is like the, the overwhelm and the burnout is like a badge of honor um, in, in some respects. And, and when I take time off and go on vacations and work at home in my pajamas and, you know, get to talk to people all over the world, they're like... You know, it's like this weird thing. <laughs> like, no, it's, it's, you know, the goal is not to be stressed. It's to be, you know, to have right. some amount of balance, if that's even possible, but to the point that we enjoy doing what we love so much and we enjoy giving back to others as well as ourselves that overall it's a really good thing and we're not depleted because that's, mm-hmm. who wants to live life like that? Right, right. And I, I had friends who who um, they worked for big law firms and they were like, you know, they had the title and they got the money, but they literally had no time to spend that money. Like, what yeah. kind of life is that? Yeah. You don't even get to enjoy. Yeah. You're working all this time. You are making all this money, but, like, literally they would they were all day, all night at the office. And that's mm-hmm. just really no way to live. And it's funny that you mentioned that. We're looked at as the weird ones now. Like, I'm hoping we get to a point where that's not so weird, right? <laughs> yeah. It's I like, know. no, you're the weird one. You're doing, do you see what you're doing to yourself? <laughs> like, I no, know. you're weird. I'm not weird. Right. It's, well, it's, it's, we are, you know, attempting to uncondition ourselves or recondition ourselves. Right. And, you know, I've always been a person in every circle that I've been in who's kind of been more of a risk taker, kind of, on, on the fringe of what you're supposed to do in life. <laughs> so yeah. that that comes with people admiring it, people envying it. Um, and, and as I know as, as a healer, that sometimes it's hard for people to see other people living out what they are here to do. Um, because it's a reminder that they are not able or willing. And it's hard. It's, it's really hard to take an honest look at yourself. I mean, it is still for me. I'm, I'm nowhere near perfect. But it's, it's hard to take a look at yourself and go, you know, and admit the parts that you don't like and the parts that you want to, you know, shed light on and, and shift a little bit. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. It's, there's something in you that you don't like, that you recognize and you're like, this is this is not how I want to live, but I don't know how to change it, you know, and I'm envious of this person because they found a way. Mm-hmm. And I, I used to be like, and I still do that sometimes where sure, yeah. I think I go through different phases of my business where I'm like, oh, why can't I just, you know, be like this person <laughs> or be like this coach or it's so easy yeah. for them. And mm-hmm. I think that was another huge, um, you know, part of getting out of my own damn way was not lusting after other people's lives because 
mm-hmm. when I find out the work that it took to get there and the struggles yeah. that they're going to going through, then I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and it's all, it, you know, it's like I'm looking on Instagram. You know, these coaches are posting. I'm I'm uh, coaching from the beach, and I'm I'm like, well, I, I just want to pick up and move to the DR right now. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and um, and you have to catch yourself. You have to really watch yourself. And I, I just, but what I try to remember is to compare myself to the only real metric that I that I that I know, which is myself, right? right. Compare me to me when I first started my business. I am so far. I'm so right. far from where I started. Um, that's really all I can compare can compare myself to, and so stopping the you know the Facebook and the Instagram and the, the business <laughs> lusting. I, I like I like that word that lust word. I it, love it that. Yeah, I wrote that down. Yeah. I, I call it comparisonitis, but it's that that same thing, and I see that happen all. And I do that too. I mean, I think we all do. Yeah. I um, had an opportunity a few months ago to speak with one of my mentors um who I you know bought a program from her to to learn some things for my business and she doesn't do individual coaching but part of purchasing this program was you got a session with her and and I know you know I I have a tendency to be be one of those people that people open up to and I you know I don't even have to open my mouth sometimes <laughs> it's just my energy <laughs> but she just like poured out you know, she's a seven-figure businesswoman. Um, she's very well-known in the online community and was talking about, yeah, but here's the struggles I'm yeah. facing. And I was just like, thank you so much for sharing that because, you know, the thing is that I don't want to work on the beach, to be honest with you. I want to go to the beach and relax. <laughs> like, right. I don't think I want exactly. my laptop on the beach, you know. Like, there needs to be some separation. But the thing is that we all have... Um, our own things that we are dealing with, our own challenges. And I agree with you, too, on the, the whole idea that everything's so easy in business. I mean, there comes a point where it flows better, but as far as, like, easy, you know, one of the things I say a lot is, you know, it's taken me 10 years to be an overnight success. You know, like it just doesn't <laughs> happen yeah. so quickly. And for those people that it does, then when you hear, when they start talking more, they start to tell you, well, but I was struggling for that. I'm like, yes, you know, please share that because we don't want to misrepresent. Yes. Being an entrepreneur is is a lot of work oh, and yeah. it takes a lot of effort and it's not just like, oh, I'm just going to, you know, have a website and then I'm going to earn $500,000. I mean, that's, <laughs> it's not realistic. Yeah. Yeah, and I I love that you said that. It's it's encouraging to hear, and it's also um, it's encouragement for me to share. I'm nowhere near seven figures, so I'm not even uh-huh. I'm not even close. But when I do share, it's like I don't want to share just the pretty stuff, the outcome. Yeah. I want people yeah. to know the journey that I've been on. And I call I actually I have an accountability partner. We call it the Strug Me because it's like the struggle and the journey. Like nice. We're getting there, but it's a struggle, <laughs> and we're documenting this because I think that's that's part of the reason why I started Cultivated Sense was some of the information I felt to be so um, inaccessible. When I was becoming a coach, it was like, you know, these gurus and like Deepak Chopra and all mm-hmm. these people. It's like, they're just so great. And I'm like, okay, I'm just this little old ordinary person. Uh-huh. How can I become extraordinary? Uh-huh. <laughs> what are the ways that I can get there? 
And I want it, I want these things to be accessible to everyone because everybody deserves that, whether it doesn't matter what your goals are. Um, so I just, it's encouraging to see and it's also encouragement for me to continue to share and say, yeah, I can, I really struggle with this or this really sucked. I mean, or I yeah. tried this and it did not work. I tried 10 things before I tried this and this is working for me. So it's, it's, it's been really, really helpful. And then people, resonate with that they say oh man stephanie i saw your your um sometimes i do like the facebook live or mm-hmm. i'll do like an afterthoughts after one of my blab shows and they'll say i love how you shared this you know i'm definitely going through this and i felt like you were talking right to me and i yeah. i appreciate the no bs approach you know uh-huh. like not the pretty sugar coating <laughs> i want to hear the real stuff i want right. to hear the real deal no, it's it's important. I mean, and it's it's wonderful to share our successes and what's worked for us. But the other thing is, and you kind of touched on this a little bit, is what works for one person is not necessarily what's going to work for another. So another kind of pet peeve of mine with people, especially the the ones who say how easy it is and you just follow these steps, and you'll you if I can do it, you can do it. It's like well. <laughs> You know, we've all we're all on our own journey, and that's great that that worked for you. Um, congratulations! But you know, it's not necessarily going to work for everyone, and it shouldn't. Because if that were the case, then everything would be easy. Everyone would be doing it. Everyone exactly. like I don't want to live in a world where everyone is exactly the same. Right. Like, how boring right. would that be? Definitely. Yeah, and I. I it's so funny. Um, I'm just now creating a really solid tribe of other entrepreneurs that are kind of in the same, on the same level as me, mm-hmm. or probably a little above or a little below. And it's so, it's so helpful and freeing to have an actually supportive group of people. Yeah. Because I think at, when I started my business, I was going to like masterminds and meetups and the, the people weren't really there. For me, you know, they were there still to be showy and to to mm. tell what they know and give you the four steps to becoming a millionaire. And I was like, <laughs> well, <laughs> this is not working for me. <laughs> um, and so, you know, being in a group where you can like openly share when people are genuinely supportive, that that was very instrumental. And I'm just I'm putting that together and and being able to rely on that support has been really really helpful for me. And that's great. That's such a huge point. I know you mentioned you have an accountability partner. I do too. And um it's it's been tremendously helpful. We were just we speak every uh week and we so we spoke last night and um we were talking we were kind of doing a we've been working together for six months now kind of review and and oh. I was like, you know, I don't talk to my my non entrepreneurial friends about my business very much anymore. Thank goodness because their eyes tend to roll back in their head and you know yeah. it's people people not on the entrepreneurial entrepreneurial path love them i have tons of friends and family like that however they have a different way of thinking and a different way of understanding about taking risks and um yep. spending money <laughs> and yep. spending time yep. and so it's really nice to have that support um, and and I so I highly recommend that I talk so much about finding the right kind of support because it's sometimes we think it's the right kind of support and it's really really not. Um, but when we find it's like when you find the right support, you know. I mean, it's so no, obvious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That was. I think that was one of my 
disappointments. When I first started my business, I was like, yeah, my friends, my family, they're going to support me. And they looked at me like I was crazy. My mom's uh-huh. like, you're a lawyer, but now you're a life coach. Let me yeah. get my head. I was like, she's like, well, is this like a little side project? Is this a hobby? I'm like, um, no, this is my, this is what I do. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was really, really tough. That was a a, a huge eye opener where I, the people that I thought would be on board and supporting me, it just didn't happen. That really crushed me. I was like, they're supposed to support me and love me no matter what, what happens. Yeah, yeah. People don't understand. And, you know, I think they have the best of intentions to protect yes, us. But definitely. But those of us, I mean, my mom was an entrepreneur, and I, you know, it was in my blood from the time I was born. So luckily, you know, she kind of understood. But she even was fearful, too, um, yeah. when I first started out, just and I think it was just that, you know, motherly protective instinct. Like, I don't want you to struggle like okay. I struggled kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but the thing is what it comes across to us as is like, oh, crap, I can't share this with you. I'd Like, there's a huge part of my yeah. life I can't share with you. Yeah. So and that can be that, really challenging. Yeah, it was very difficult. And. I, I I love your perspective. I I got that later. I didn't I didn't feel that right away. Yeah, but right. Said, you know, she wants me to be safe. She doesn't want me to struggle. And really, her generation also did things differently, right? They, mm-hmm. you know, my parents didn't go to college, so they were like, "You're going to go to college, mm-hmm. <laughs> and maybe some more, and you're going to do this because we didn't do it." Right. And um, they they lived in an era where they went to one job for forty some years, and they stayed there till. They retired. Mm-hmm. They, it didn't matter if you loved it or hated it. Right. You showed up to work because that's what you had to do. Mm-hmm. That is what you do. So I had to come to understand that. Yeah. <laughs> it took me a little bit. Uh, it was really tough. But, um, you know, I, I think um, getting that tribe together, people that have earned the right to hear your story and your struggles is so important. So mm-hmm. it's be- things are better now. Things are better now. Good. But you just know who you can share and who you can't share with. So. You do. You know pretty pretty quick. And it's, it's, and it's important to know that and that it's okay to not share everything with everyone. I tend to be a pretty transparent, sometimes over-sharer. And so, you know, pulling back the reins on that, um, sometimes it's challenging for me, but it's it's necessary. And I've, like I said, since I've had my accountability partner in the last six months, it's like so nice that, and we are in touch almost every day in some form or another. Oh, and just, you know, like, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I think I was telling you pre-show that she was asking me a question. I'm like, I can't answer you now. I'm about to get on my podcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's just nice having... Um, that, you know, a person to bounce things off of. And, and she had mentioned uh, something about it yesterday, too, and how she, you know, it's like it's so nice to have someone to geek out about my business with who totally understands where I'm coming from. And so, yeah, very important. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I also, I was, as you were talking, I was thinking of how else I could, how else I've been learning to get out of my way. Um and I was thinking about something. I try to adopt these principles that don't really make sense, like, in theory, but they actually make sense in real life. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, like, one thing for me is um, I, I can't wrap my head around it, but it just works. Uh, the the thing of slowing down, yeah. actually speed up. Yep. 
which doesn't it sounds absolutely crazy mm-hmm. um but for me when my thoughts are racing when i'm going from appointment to appointment when i'm so busy i really need to slow down um and so that's been something that's been also very helpful for me is to taking things off my calendar makes things that I do make time for better, better quality, better time spent. That's mm. been really, really helpful as well. I love that. Yeah, I, I I remember the first time I heard that was probably about 15 or so years ago when I was, you know, that much younger and less experienced mm-hmm. and I had a um, – my boss tell me that and I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, like, <laughs> like, you know, I was in grad school, I was working full time, I was a single mom, recently divorced. I'm like, slowing down, like that's not even what. But as I've gotten older, I've really come to appreciate what that really means, and and it's, mm-hmm. you know, when you first hear it, if you don't really resonate with it. it let it sink in for a few years. Like you totally, <laughs> totally understand at some point. Yeah, I mean it's, it's just so amazing how when you do because it's about taking a break. Like give, like you said, you're slowing down your thoughts or giving your thoughts a rest, your brain a rest, and doing something else, and then all of a sudden your priorities become really clear. It's like magic. Right. Right. I I just recently um, experienced this because I tend to go go go. And, you know, appointment to appointment to client to client. Um, and sometimes, you know, life just forces you to slow down. <laughs> so, <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> uh, so your, your advice is that, you know, let it sit with you so that I, I would rather you realize it on your own than life make you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So I, I had to learn that the hard way on a few occasions. Um, but most uh-huh. recently, planning this move to Portland and, like, not having all the information. It goes back to I'm, I'm a very, like, I need to know the details. I need certainty. I need all this stuff. And I was getting <laughs> crazy, and the slowing down really helped. Like, I could see it in motion where my mind, and this happens a lot, where when you're when you're going, 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 your mind is just jumping around. You're, you're um, panicked. You're in anxiety mode. You're stressed. When you slow down, you can see the situation for what it really is. Yeah. And you, your your options start to expand. So we're always thinking in binary, right? Black or white, A or B, door one, door two. Mm-hmm. If I don't make the right choice, I'm screwed. I don't know what I'll do next. <laughs> uh, you know, so we're so drastic about it, too. It's like the consequences are like life or death. <laughs> and um, once you slow, slowing down helps you get, you know, option Y or you know, trusting yourself or just saying, you know what, I'll figure out, I'll deal with what comes. So um, that's been really, that's that's been showing up a lot in my life now. Yeah. <laughs> with this move and a lot, of, I'm, in, I'm in transition again, and it seems to come up in those moments of uncertainty. It does. I, I love that because I am going through some transitions myself, and it's just reminders, and it really helps me to get very clear. Um, yeah. and, and also I tend to be one of those work until life forces me to slow down. <laughs> and I've, I've been better in the past. You know, I go kind of in cycles with being able to get ahead of it, but I've, I've been ill twice this year so far, which is oh. really unusual. Um, and it's really affected a lot of my ability to, um, work and, and, um, be coherent. 
yeah. And, okay. and I know, in doing the work that I do, I know that, that my body was just like, okay, if you're not going to slow down, we're going to cut it off for you. And and yeah. so, you know, we all still do that, I think, to a point. And yeah. um, there's always lessons to be learned, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I just, it, it's almost you look back and you realize, I mean, in the moment, it really sucks. And you just, <laughs> it does, yeah. <laughs> back, you, you laugh. You really do laugh because you're like, this was ridiculous. Um, and it's almost to the point where now, I, you know, as a coach, I don't have everything together. I don't have all the answers. I don't get it right every time. But looking back, I can see, I can now see that I've done this stuff before. I've moved across the country before. I've started, you know, over again with friends and community. I've done this multiple times. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a it's a matter of trust that I can deal with whatever comes. And then right. the need for certainty is just is also a ridiculous thing too. We're like, <laughs> no, I need to know every detail that's gonna happen. It's like that is just so unrealistic. I mean Yeah, it's impossible. So, <laughs> <laughs> well you say it out loud. I know right, like, right. I I need to know every single detail that's going to happen in my life and I must prepare for it. So I need to know. And yeah. you're like, okay, this sounds crazy. I sound absolutely <laughs> crazy right now. <laughs> so we know that's not how life works, and somehow we just keep trying to prepare for every single thing, and we just can't. So right. it's slowing down to speed up and trusting yourself, trusting the process that no matter what happens, you'll be okay. You've probably done this before. Most likely you have, uh-huh. um, and, and, and it'll turn out just It'll turn out well, just like it did last time. Great. Well, wonderful. You know, I'm looking at the clock, and we ran a little bit over just because I'm like, oh, this is goodness. so exciting. Yeah, no, it's fine. <laughs> but, you know, you, sometimes you just can't, like, it's not it's not appropriate to cut it off when it's not time to be you know, done yet. So, um, But I want to just, you know, make sure that people know how to get in touch with you, too, if they would like to learn more about um, how you've gotten out of your own damn way and the good work that you're doing as well. Sure. I'm um if you go to my website, cultivatedsense.com, C U L T I V A T E D Sense like common sense, S E N S E dot com. And all my social media profiles are cultivated sense. So if you go to Facebook, it will be Facebook dot com slash cultivated sense, Twitter dot com slash cultivated sense. And for some reason on Instagram, I got cute with it. So it was <laughs> cultivated since coaching. So if you uh, just add the coaching to it. Um, as she said, I am going to be in a um, published in a book that's coming out in a couple of months called I Am Beautiful. Um, I just recently was published in 20 Beautiful Women, which was a compilation of stories from other authors and speakers and coaches, which was great. You can find that book on my site. And the last one is the 42%. So that that is a love and relationship book, which you will which you which you will be interested in, Creelin. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's about the 42% of Black women who are unmarried. What if anything can be done about that? And I have a weekly show on Blab Tuesday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern, where we talk about the 42% and different topics that relate to being unmarried, being in a relationship, dating um, in in 2016. Oh, that sounds fascinating. I love it. Wonderful. Well, thanks for sharing that. And also, thank you so much for sharing part of your story on today's uh, podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you. 
Oh, yes, and, and thank you. And thank you all for <laughs> listening to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way podcast. Be sure to stay tuned for more episodes of powerful people sharing their powerful stories of how they've learned to get out of their own damn way. Thanks so much for listening. You've been listening to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way podcast with Creelan Peters, the Fear Whisperer. Join us next time for more inspirational stories and leave a review on iTunes. You can also find us at creelan.com slash podcast. That's K-R-Y-L-Y-N dot com slash podcast. And get even more great tips on how to get out of your own damn way by taking Creelan's free quiz at creelan.com slash quiz. That's K-R-Y-L-Y-N dot com slash quiz. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you.